You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to episode 25 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game up to the next level. I am Sarah. And I'm Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Uh, I think okay. Yeah? Really bad sleep, yeah. I would have to say, at the beginning of this week. It threw me off a lot. This is, this so. is yeah, it's been, a, it's been a bit of a long week, I think, for everybody so far, and it's only Wednesday. So. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and we're 25 in. We are 25 in. Jeez. So, uh, I think this I, is a real thing now. I don't think we have any announcements tonight. Not really. I'm the... Uh, Damn the, it, Technolich. The, the live play is, uh, is, is working yeah. on, the, uh, on the website. For those so. who are listening and not doing grocery shopping, just put it on your headphones. Yeah, that's fine. All right, whatever. At least we got Knox. That's right. <laughs> and, ma- and maybe Elamay. Ma- ma- well, no, she said have a great show, so I'm guessing. Oh, and all right, Draven. Draven is here. here. All okay, right. So all right. We, 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 we have a, we like an absolute right. gaggle of Patreon supporters in our live Thank show you. chat right Thank now. You if you'd so like much. to join us in our live show chat, uh, just become a Patreon supporter of us, yeah. and uh, you can join in on the phone live on the air. You can go to our Twitter account uh, to find our Discord, which is an, which is how you find us here. Uh, but at Patreon.com, you can find us. And... Uh, have all be friendly with us and listen to us live. And if you're listening to us live uh, through the other web lap, or web lap, I, I said that, that the web lap. The, the web, the, the, the. Yes, the uh, web app. Uh, we hope that it's coming through nice and clean for you. Yep, absolutely. So today's show. is it was a little weird to write. Yeah, we, we had to come back at it a couple of times because we started looking things up and making decisions. We were like, this isn't what I thought. This was going to be about. See, like if you're talking about world building or like how to build a, like an effective plot arc, you know, I mean, we can we can show that almost kind of mathematically of like you know, yeah. uh, there's there's good practices, there's bad practices and stuff like that. But this this show about like themes and genres and styles was all just kind of very, um, I think ephemeral is the word. Yeah, and and it was funny. It was no matter how, depending on how you look at it, mm-hmm. the words got mixed up. Yeah. So whether – like if you're talking about traditional storytelling, there were certain uses for the words like genre and style and theme and stylistic, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, whether or not you were uh, – whether or not you were using adaptation or stylistic qualities. It was like everybody right. had their own terms for it. So we really had to kind of, I guess, scale back what we meant by theme. Yeah. Or diversify what we meant by theme. I don't know. We're, we'll, we'll get into this. Um because I know the first thing that went after it, we we kind of uh, threw a bunch of stuff up on the board when we were looking at it and we were thinking like, okay, we're doing theme, but what's theme? Wait, let's define theme. Right. That is not what we were thinking. So I looked up theme after we had a whole discussion on theme and none of the definitions I read were anything close to what we talked about. Right. So, so it was closer to <laughs> Let's find style. a new word. <laughs> and I think that's what it – like I, I think it really came down to what we wanted to talk about was style. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about was basically the flavor of your game. Yeah. Um, But saying what flavor is your game sounds weird. So – all right, uh, so let's let's break this down so that we we have some terms that we can work with. All right. So let's let's start with theme. And what we originally 
had in mind uh, for theme was something else. But theme is a guiding principle of the story. It is, you know, urban fantasy uh, story built on a theme of uh, even the mightiest heroes can be corrupt. So it's a base of corruption, mm-hmm. you know, or a, a high sea story that's built on uh, redemption, like that nobody uh, can truly be beyond redemption. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the kinds of themes that you put against something. So it's it's not so much the story or the style but, but it's kind of the the underpinning and yeah. direction of where your story is going. It's not the story itself, right? But it points that story in a direction, right? So don't don't think of theme as how it's used. I would say in <laughs> video games when they talk about oh the theme this week is Halloween. No, that's right. that's not theme. That's that style. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> so that's where you come back at like okay, well the genre. Might be urban fantasy or high fantasy or space, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of an all-encompassing general setting. Yeah, it's the it's the the the, the fifty thousand to hundred thousand foot view. What am I looking at? It is genre that you're looking at, and, and there are things there are things in your genre that are going to inform certain tropes that are going to end up in your story, probably. But like you know. It, you know, we've kind of talked about laser guns in your fantasy story before and stuff like that. You know, right. It's going to be far less likely to see that sort of stuff in your fantasy story. But hey, who knows? It's your story, you know. Um, but, you know, just just a genre is going to be more of an umbrella that everything kind of kind of fits under. Right. And then you have what we really wanted to talk <laughs> we about. We really hit the actual which topic was of story. style. Yeah, and that's style, where yeah. that's where you have a urban fantasy that's told in gritty dark horror or high seas on a hopeful heroic frame, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, you know, or even a a you know a, uh, a pulp detective version, yeah, of something, and that's where you can really make a change to how a story is presented, where you can take a Hansel and Gretel story and and move it from deep fantasy in the woods to horror, right, or pulp. Or pulp, yeah. Which is, I, 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 I'm trying to remember who did it, but there was a video game that did a beautiful job of basically taking all of the Hans Christian stories and turning them into a pulp trope kind of uh, event where you had all those characters living in a a, a downtown environment, mm-hmm. and there was a murder. Someone had killed Red. Oh, jeez. And it was – you had all the characters uh-huh. and you had all of those tropes and you had all those stories mixed into this this uh, uh, werewolf detective mm-hmm. who was trying to find Red. Oh, that's cool. And it was it was really neat. So style is really what we want to, but we're going to get to that. We're going to we're going to break down some of this so we can we can kind of feel it out. Right. Uh, because what we want to do – is get into style. We're going to focus on style for a little while, but mm-hmm. we we need to kind of expand this. So, so first we want to talk a little bit about genre, um, because like I said, genres genres kind of your your broad umbrella topic for where you're playing. Um, it's uh, it is something we've we've kind of discussed before. In fact, I think I think our our first show was kind of tangentially about genre and just that yeah. you know what picking the right game system for the right genre that you're you know and and what sort of uh, uh it's probably going to be one of the first choices you make about your story. 
I would agree. You know, and again, we're we're still talking about your muse dictates where you might start point is. Yeah. But I think a heavy part of it is like, you know, system can be somewhat agnostic at times because if right. you're if you're crafty enough, you can take any system and make it work into any genre. It's but but you usually Typically, mm-hmm. you'll have people saying like, I want to tell a fantasy story about right. – OK. Well, see, you've already made your first choice. Mm-hmm. You said you wanted to make a fantasy story about something. Right. So right there, you've already got a genre. You know, right. I, want, I want to tell this spacefaring story about – Right. You know. And then stepping from that, you have the two other directions, which is style and theme. But just focusing on genre for a second before leaving that, mm-hmm. there are a lot of subtleties in genre. Oh, there are. Absolutely. Because like people talk about – well, like when I talk about high fantasy, what are you thinking of? And some people are like, well, I, I, I think about like traditional high fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, Tolkien. Well, that's great, but Tolkien isn't the only high fantasy. Right. I mean right. high fantasy can be everything from like Tolkien to uh, – uh, my brain just went completely uh, – Dragonlance mm-hmm. is another good example where mad where, – where, Basically, magic is very different, mm-hmm. and, he, and gods are very different. Like they don't really exist. They're, the healing is something that's kind of doesn't. Maybe it's more realistic, and it's kind of grittier. Yeah, but it still isn't. It isn't a style of gritty. It's just a different type of genre in that sense. And keeping in mind too that Ravenloft is also high fantasy. It is, and someone would say that's very, very, very different from its its nearest cousin, Dragonlands, right. you know, or or Forgotten Realms, even you know. And all it's these dark. Things. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it doesn't. That still doesn't determine the style because right. you can have a different style right. even in Ravenloft. Ravenloft kind of paints a picture in a certain direction, mm-hmm. but but it's all fantasy genre. Correct, correct. So uh, and like Seventh Sea is a fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. It is. It is a contemporary view of history, mm-hmm. but it is historical fantasy. It, it so I consider it high fantasy as well. Swords and sorcery. That's right. And, and some muskets too. Yeah. You know, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's swords and sorcery. No. Warhammer 40K is kind of an – or not 40K, Warhammer traditional. Warhammer, Warhammer fantasy, yeah. Is, is, is fantasy. Is swords and sorcery, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so think about your genre as that. Mm-hmm. It does not dictate the style, but it definitely dictates where you sit. Now, I'm going to say we should jump to theme okay. and then come back to style because theme is where I think – Theme's more concrete than style. And I think it ties much harder into the story. Yes. Like it, it – it is uh, – theme is not something that dictates the wh- – how – what your story is about. Theme dictates the flavor and the direction of the story. Yes. Because you're going to tell it – differently if it's a story of redemption than if it's a story of revenge yes absolutely can be Um, the same plot items everything can still be happening the same way but it's a different story it's a different perspective and and it has to be there from the beginning Mm -hmm. um i i read a uh or i should say i listened to a very uh, very good uh uh video um by a youtuber named rachel steven who Mm -hmm. is a uh uh, she does a lot of uh, YouTube uh, stuff on um, literary techniques mm-hmm. and plot structures and stuff like that. Um, very, uh, very good videos. I would, I would look her up. Uh, Rachel Steven is her name, uh, and she said that theme is like an ingredient in a cake. It's not something you can add later after it's baked. It needs to be in your recipe and needs to go in with everything else. It permeates the whole rest of the story. 
Yeah. Okay. Now that sounds like a that it, that does sound like a big order. That sounds like a very scary thing to do, especially when we're talking about possibly world building and learning rules and writing stories and interesting NPCs. And now suddenly you've got to do this whole theme thing. And right. It does sound very um very difficult, but I think the theme the theme may be one of the easiest things to do. But the, but the easiest things to write, but the hardest thing to stick to, I think. That I agree. I was about to say that. I don't – I think it's the easiest thing to say that you're going with that mm-hmm. and then lose sight of it yeah. in the storytelling. So yes. l- let's – I'm going to lay out some of the themes. I, I found this and I thought these universal themes were – are really a good way of looking at it. And that is redemption, freedom, equality, sacrifice, betrayal, loyalty, greed, justice, oppression – Revenge and love. Mm-hmm. Now, all of those in hearing the words give you images and ideas of stories. Yep. But all of those stories could be told from any of those perspectives. Mm-hmm. You can look at Princess Bride as a story of freedom mm-hmm. just as much as you can see it as a story of love. Sacrifice. Betrayal. Mm-hmm. Loyalty. All of those elements are in there. But when you think about the theme of the story, it's really about love. Mm-hmm. That's how it's told when we when we hear it or when we see it as it's being portrayed on the TV. I, I think um, I think the, the a theme is a bit like a thesis statement for a story. Yes. Um, you, you write an essay and you're going to want a thesis statement, which is basically a one-sentence summation of the idea you are now going to spend five or six paragraphs or 500 pages or whatever you're doing to outline. Okay. Yes. But you're going to state straight off, this paper will – you know is here to prove that blah, 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 blah. OK? Yes. A theme is a bit like doing that for a story. Correct. And I think like, – like your example with The Princess Bride – yeah. Okay. The moment where Wesley looks into Buttercup's eyes and says, "Death cannot tr- stop true love." I yep. think we hear the thesis story, the, the 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 theme, the thesis statement of the Princess Bride right there, and it's reiterated almost with every character. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the villains reiterate it. Yep. And uh, and try to stop it. That that's what they're stopping. Yeah. And I mean, but to to and to put a point correctly, Knox kind of puts this out there. The story of revenge or redemption depends on the feelings of the players having to resolve it that way, right? Doesn't it mess up the keeping your theme? I'm going to say it doesn't, but it does remind you that they are active components in telling your story. They could turn a story of redemption into a story of revenge, yeah, because the story of redemption has ended. That's true. That's so. True. Remember that you have a theme that you start your story with. Where mm-hmm. the story begins is maybe uh, in a state of betrayal. Your players are hired by a uh, by a would be you know uh, barkeep to go clean out a dungeon where his daughter was uh, captured, and they were blackmailing him. And you get there, and you find out that the the dungeon is at, or this crypt is actually full of goblins who've been forced out of their caves and the young girl was actually trying to help them she's Mm -hmm. a healer and she's basically burned herself out there and he was sending you there to basically kill them and her Mm -hmm. and now you're dealing with that betrayal and he's turned the whole town against you because he's now made it out that you guys are the bandits who've taken her 
to get rid of you because of a greater story. And these are the kinds of things where it's like, oh, now you have this betrayal started in the story. Sure. The question is, is where do you go from there? Are you are you then going to go go through and continue pushing that betrayal line with them that everyone has betrayed them? Or are you going to let the players help direct that? And that's where you can take the story from its rails mm-hmm. and start handing it to the players and letting them give you pieces. So Now the other thing too that, that I will throw out there is that um, theme is not a – it's not a hard set of rules on how your story has to unfold. Correct. OK. So your your players, yeah, they are very much active participants in there. So you could be going with a redemption theme. And they could turn it in they, – they could take vengeful actions. OK. Right. But what I would say is theme should inform how your story unfolds from there. Mm-hmm. OK. So sure, your players may take a vengeful action against someone who you intended them to redeem. But – See, in a, in, a, in, a, in a revenge-based story, then you would reward them for that action and say, hey, good job. You got revenge, OK? Mm-hmm. Because revenge is the theme. Right. Revenge is kind of what we're going for. And when you do the thing you know, in a revenge story, hey, that kind of makes you the hero of the revenge story. Right. But let's go back though. We were, we were telling a story about redemption. Right. Okay. And you just took a vengeful action. So maybe now I, as the storyteller, because I am trying to stick to that theme of redemption now, maybe I turn that a little bit on edge. Maybe I punish the the, the players a little bit. Um, give them well, it's not as you punish, but give them consequences. Correct. Maybe there are some negative consequences for seeking revenge. Maybe um, the 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 opinion. Uh, the you know the the public opinion or at least private opinion of those you know attached to the the, the people they got vengeance against isn't all that high. Maybe yeah. people aren't happy to see the players take wrath against this person and say, you know, I really think you could have done better by him. I'm not sure they deserve this, or at least show pity for him and say, yeah, I'm sorry it came to this. Right, he was a good man. Right. You know, and what that does is that reinforces with your players then that the theme, the the idea, the story isn't about getting revenge. Right. And at that point, then you 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 kind of reinforce that whole like redemption was an option, but you mm-hmm. didn't choose it. Exactly. Let's move on. And and you're right. Like we were just saying, it it influences how you want the story to continue mm-hmm. and it and it can give a lot to the setting around them if people if there is a sense of sacrifice mm-hmm. in every step that there's there's constantly that feeling of people sacrificing for each other you your players sacrificing themselves that adds to that theme that you want to continue progressing through the story so i i think it's i think it's important I think it's necessary. I think there are stories that can be told without theme, but I think they feel dry. Yeah. So, and yeah. theme can change. Again, sure. a story, your your campaign is not a never-ending story of redemption. Mm-hmm. There may be a turn in it. At that point, scratch that word out, set up a new word. Uh, Knox is asking here, um, so, so theme helps influence rewards and consequences. You can't control how the players act, but you can control how the world might feel about it. Correct. And I, I think that's that's very correct. Yep. Um, th- think, of, think of the theme of your story maybe like the current of the river. Yeah. Nobody's saying you can't go cross the current or even up the current. Right. But the current is going to try to pull you in a direction. Mm-hmm. 
Um, here's here's a couple a couple of examples that I jotted down of of, of themes. Yep. Um, so uh, say your theme is that no person is truly beyond redemption. Okay, that's your that's mm-hmm. your theme. That's your thesis sure. statement. Uh, your villain may be a good person who mm-hmm. was driven to do bad things. Give an example. Um, I, okay, so uh, Warcraft three. Okay. The video game. Sure. Okay. Before sure. it ever became World of Warcraft, right. um, I really liked the arc of Prince Arthas. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, the Scourge has unleashed a magical curse upon the people um, that is laced into their grain. Mm-hmm. So as they eat this food, they become tainted by it and they die of this mm-hmm. plague. But the curse of the plague is that they rise as undead afterwards. Right. And so now suddenly you have undead ravaging the land of Lordran. Ooh. And Spooky. Uh, Prince Arthas is a paladin mm-hmm. and he uh, sees it as his sacred duty, of course, to go and fight the undead. Right. The problem being that the undead are his subjects. Right. They're his people. And he becomes more and more desperate as mm-hmm. uh, uh, as time goes by and it gets to the point where he sees that uh, grain has already been essentially delivered to this town mm-hmm. and uh, he knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He sees the outcome. Right. But the people are all still essentially alive. They're living their lives. They're living their lives. They haven't died and turned yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he decides that the whole town needs to be raised anyways. Mm-hmm. And he makes this awful choice to essentially go in and slaughter his own people. Before they become something. Before they, before they become something. Right. And it's kind of the, the point in which his story, which um, a lot of the other characters go – Okay, whoa, we had your back up until now, mm-hmm. but this is a bridge too far, buddy, and I think you need to step back from that precipice. And right. he's like, no, this needs to be done. Right. And that's essentially where he he starts his downward turn and becomes the villain. Right. Um, there may also be um, – uh, let's see here. Uh, he may just tumble down the rabbit hole of bad mistakes. Right. And, and can't find his way back. You know. So Two-Face is a good – I think is an example of that to a degree. It, depending on how you look at comic versus movie, uh, I I don't know enough about Two Face. He was uh, for a, he was a a lawbringer mm-hmm. as far as being on the justice side until it didn't work anymore that way, and he had to start dealing his judgment more directly because the the law wasn't on his side, wasn't on the side of justice. I'm I'm thinking more the uh, the 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 good man who says, "Well, I'm going to make an exception just this once." Mm, okay, I see you. But now that he's made that accept that exception, now that he's compromised that little bit, the next compromise becomes a little easier. Or maybe he has to make a compromise to cover for the compromise he just made. Gotcha. Because he told a lie, and now Makes he needs sense. to tell another lie to cover that lie. And you fast forward six months, and all of a sudden, this guy's neck deep in something right right uh, and he's and he's become the villain okay. of a story i like that all right so you know these are the type of characters you would you would you may write in a a story that uh, is themed around redemption mm-hmm. um the quest for the party uh may be to go and thwart the villain initially but along the way you learn that you can help redeem him instead of killing him right um and so it kind of changes your your it opens your options um there may also be characters in the story with a similar arc uh, perhaps mm-hmm. an important NPC uh, is someone who once found themselves um, labeled as a villain but found redemption and peace. And this is a great way of you know introducing that kind of idea of that you know maybe he's not a bad guy. Maybe he just tumbled a little too far down a rabbit hole and we need to go get him. Yep. You know. 
Um, Zuko from uh, oh, yeah. Avatar is another great thing. Good he example. just um, abused by his father, mm-hmm. driven to a task he didn't fully understand against a foe he didn't fully understand. Right. And by season three, he's like, oh, wow, hold on. I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't want to be the bad guy. I thought I was the hero. Right. You know? Yep. And then the story changed. And then the story changed. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, but but at the same time, these sorts of stories are going to be very largely about um, hope, uh, about possibility. You're going to want your storytelling to be uplifting. You're going to want your characters to be um, – uh, you know, open to possibility and change and stuff like that mm-hmm. in in these sorts of stories. Yep. You know, no contrast that then against like uh, uh, another different theme. Like even the mightiest heroes can be corrupted by power, mm-hmm. and you go the complete opposite way. The villain may be the proverbial fallen hero sort. Either you die the hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh yeah. Hmm. You mentioned Two Face earlier. Yep. This is a great example of that. I would agree. I would agree. Um, the quest may begin with uh, believing the villain is still a hero, mm-hmm. and then only to find out that they have turned evil uh, to be, and be revealed as the villain. Yeah. Um, Which is a, a common theme. What was that superhero show that just came out? Uh, oh God. The, the Boys. Oh, The Boys. Yeah, there's a good that's example. A, that's a great example of that. Yeah. Um, kind of a. It starts at the end almost. Yeah, almost with the turn that like you know. You're you're dealing with that power struggle that that cor- power corrupts mm-hmm. completely, yes. and you get that feel. So yeah, very much so. Uh, the quest may be uh, to begin with knowledge, uh, begin with knowledge that the villain is the villain, but later discover the origins uh, as a hero that was corrupted. Right. Um, Vader. Yeah. Exactly. That's oh, that's a great example. Yeah, Darth, Darth Vader. Darth Vader is a great example of that. Yeah. Um, the quest may even begin with the hero as still as the hero. Yeah, but as the story moves forward, slowly slips into villainy, kind of like your your Arthas example, but mm-hmm. but you leave him there. Yeah, you know, as as the story progresses, he becomes evil and crosses that threshold, and you can't bring him back. Yeah, and you leave no option for bringing him back with this theme. No, you know, um, yeah, and it's uh, there's some stories where it's uh, power power is just that it becomes greed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maleficent is a good story of that. The villain it is very – is just greed-driven. Yeah. He sits at the top of that, that there – that the idea of of love and charity sat on the edge of his view. And once he had everything that he needed, it wasn't even so much that he needed to keep it. It was that he wasn't ever going to lose it, all the things that he had gained. So, yeah. Knox so. asks uh... – is the Terminator a redeemed character? What was the theme of that movie? Original Terminator? Yeah, let's go with the original Terminator. I don't know if there was redemption in the original Terminator. I think um, the original Terminator was straight up him hunting Sarah Connor yeah. to get rid of her. Uh, and so he comes around in Terminator 2 and now suddenly he's the good guy. Um, I don't know if that's a redemption that's, because again he did. He's a robot. Become. He's pr- he, yeah. There was there was no there was no evolution. There was no choice. No, he was just programmed to defend that. Maybe de- in this newest John movie, Connor, which so. I have not seen, yeah. um, he has some kind of things. I I would say uh, that there's some challenging character development that isn't character development in those because it is technically a different person. Yeah, or a different thing each time right it's, it's just a some rando t-800 they right yeah. but as as a as a witness to the story you believe 
because imagery is what it is, that it's mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again, and therefore it is gaining redemption. Right. At least in the eyes of the viewer. So. Uh, and as, as for the theme, um, I think that's another great mu- movie where they state the theme right in the movie. Yeah. And that is there is no future but what we make for ourselves. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Um, I, I think I think the overarching theme of that story, as much as it's just a just a rando sci-fi horror thriller sort of thing, yep. is uh, if you are going to going to assign a theme to it, I think it's I think it's hope. Mm-hmm. I think there is hope that even in you know in spite of the this grim future that faces us, without question, yeah. and this this horrible monstrosity robot that is now slaughtering everything in its path to try to kill one person, mm-hmm. there is hope. Yeah. Because there is no future but what we make for ourselves. Right. Right. Um, so let's move on to style. The thing we really want to talk about okay. that we wanted to get to. Let's, let's now that it's now that we're a half hour into our show, let's talk. Yes. Because <laughs> we're gonna be about talking thing. about this for a while. Uh-huh. But we want to make sure that we have the framing so people understand it. And yes. that is is that style is the change. It is the flavor that shows direction into itself. So for instance, I gave the example of suits, clothing. Mm-hmm. You can – everyone knows about a suit and you get an image in your mind of that suit. But is your suit that you think of the 007 suit? Is it the men in black suit? Is it the suit from uh, – the, the suits that the uh, two idiots from Dumb and Dumber are wearing? Is it the Blues Brothers? Each one of those is a different suit. It's a different style. Some of them are comedic. Some of them are are rough. If you think of somebody like, um, oh God, now I can't even think of his name. Um, it'll come back to me. Um, you you get this image of a different thing. If I said, think of a suit, and then I say, think of a pulp detective, mm-hmm. you get an image of kind of a dirty. Oh, now it's a brown suit. With yeah, a trench coat. Exactly. There's probably a stain on it. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he probably the uses top his, buttons undone. The, yeah, the, the, the tie, tie is hanging down. low. Yeah. You know, and you, you get a very it different. smells like cigars right. and whiskey. Right. And, so when you get that style, your mind starts going in a direction about that mm-hmm. style. Ravenloft is a perfect example of a style thrown on fantasy on high fantasy it's Mm -hmm. gothic horror that's the style right we're still in the fantasy genre right but holy cow the style right yeah and i mean literally if you moving through uh different things like yeah nick valentine Mm -hmm. exactly um and he is very different as a detective than someone like uh lethal weapon sure you know where you've got detectives there, but they're in t-shirts and jeans. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a different style of detective. So you have, and it's comedic and it's different. You know, uh, and that's the kind of feeling that you want to get out of a style. This is what is going to be kind of, and that's where it style is its own word. It's the it's yeah. how you style the story. Well, that, and you want to hold that style as much as you can. That's why. That's why I used flavor. Yeah, as my as my flavor is a good for, word for it. Because yeah. uh, my my metaphor is not a suit. It's it's pizza, right? You know, plain cheese and supreme are both types of pizzas. Yep. You know, very but much so. They are very different culinary experiences. You Correct. Know? Um, and so, but but they're both pizza. Yeah, you know? yeah. And even like you look at like people say, oh, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is a style. No, it's not. It's a genre. It's a genre. Uh huh. Gritty cyberpunk is Shadowrun. Where everything is dirty and twisted and run by corporations and everyone's downtrodden and money is king 
and, you know, drugs are everywhere and mm-hmm. it feels like you're constantly dragging yourself up from the bottom every single time. Every time you slot something new into your body, you're questioning whether or not you've stepped one step closer to the future of humanity or one step away from humanity. Mm-hmm. And that's that's style. That's flavor. That's what makes it very different from Star Wars mm-hmm. where your sci-fi is kind of at the edge of everything and there's a lot of – a lot going on and you've got quirky characters and you've got these vis, you know, these these vast swaths of space filled with people and opportunities and moments mm-hmm. and fate and hope and wonder all at the same time. Star Wars – didn't make sense to me for a long time and I couldn't get into the genre until I realized it was just D&D in space. It's it's space fantasy. Yeah. Is what it is. It's not like I – because you always hear the argument, Star Trek or Star Wars. Well, yep. they're, they're not even remotely comparable to me. Like Star Trek is sci-fi. Yeah. And – Star Wars is just space fantasy. You've got wizards. Right. You've got, you know, yeah. <laughs> castles. and But and, it's a it's a know. style and a flavor that's thrown together. It's not dictating how the story is being told because in that story you can tell a – you can use the genre of, of space opera, throw it in a style of heroic mm-hmm. space opera, you know, and then tell a story that has a theme of redemption. And you get a very different story than one of sacrifice, Rogue One versus original Star Wars. Yeah. They're very different stories. Extremely Set in the exact stories. same genre, mm-hmm. the exact same style, but in different themes. That's one of the reasons why um, uh, Empire Strikes Back is actually my favorite of the uh, of the uh, the series because it's <laughs> – it's so unique in its storytelling. Everything else is kind of heroic and right. like the, the the heroes win at the end of the day. It's a struggle and there's sacrifices along the way. But A, the good guys win. And the the entire style of Empire Strikes Back is just – OK. So it's the beginning of the movie. Heroes get their asses kicked. They scatter the three wins and go off their separate yep. ways and, hey, maybe we're going to regroup and, hey, maybe we're going to find friends and, oh, look, here come the bad guys. And this is the part where they win, right? Nope. We just get handed an ass kicking roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. What other movie does that? Not you know? <laughs> a lot. Not a lot of movies end with a solid ass kick. Open with a solid ass kicking and end, and, with, a end solid with a solid ass, ass kicking. kicking. And yeah. you're like, what did we accomplish? And, like. And, yeah. Practically nothing and massive setbacks all around, man. Yeah. Roll credits. Yeah. And you're like, what? where does this take the story? I don't know. But failure is fun. Let's explore it. Here comes Return of the Jedi. Right. You you don't grow from success as much as you grow from failure. Knox in the box wants to know what is Yoda. Uh, uh, we're not going to open that. I'm sorry. That's I th- actually think it's against contract. We're yeah, not even allowed to discuss that. So. Uh, yeah, classified. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah, I have to kill yeah, you. yeah. So uh, yeah, but uh, I will say this. Uh, ask that in a better question uh, later on, and uh, I, I think we actually ha- I have an answer for Yoda. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's much deeper. Than of what Yoda actually is. It's not – The question is not what Yoda is. <laughs> it's who he is in the story and that's the important part. 
Uh, I I want to I want to actually illustrate something on sure. on style here. Do um, it. And I I would like, if I may, to borrow. That's not poor a, world building. Get away. No 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 no. I'm I'm actually pulling up my notes from a previous uh, game session of ours. Oh okay. And uh, I want to read the intro. The the, the two ends. Oh yeah, because I think that's a really great uh, example, at least on my own storytelling part of uh, differing themes for pretty much the same thing. Or not themes, uh, different styles. I agree for the for the exact no, same event. No, I agree, told in two different styles. There you go. Uh, what was that episode ten? Puppets and strings. Maybe. Uh, yes, okay. this is it. Puppets and strings. All okay. Right. <clears throat> Storyteller voice. Mm-hmm. Teardos, first day of mid year, third era, four fifteen. Dawn breaks over the city of Kavach as the merchants begin to open their businesses and the scent of fresh-baked bread drifts through the cool morning air. The sun is warm already, vanquishing the temperate night and promising that by midday, the people of Kavach will be seeking shade and cool beverages to get by. In the highwall district of the city's affluent west side, servants are busily at work in the illustrious Brass Bee Inn. Brass pitchers of cool water ornate bowls and fresh towels are laid carefully outside each room, waiting for their occupants to rise. The scent of eggs and bacon and sausage and bread drift up from the kitchen on the first floor, coaxing Lord Thalian Arroway of Wayrest and Arcanist Larylith Dewin of Morrowind from their slumber. Each of you rises and moves through your morning rituals in turn. Each of you find your laundry cleaned and pressed with sweet-smelling blossoms of dragonthorn and ladies' smock folded into them as a gentle perfume. One of the servants takes your breakfast request and has the table prepared for you when you finally drift down to the soft carpet, uh, carpeted stairs to the ornate and well-lit dining room. The food is delicious and filling. The tea is hot and fragrant and sweet, and the atmosphere of the inn is welcoming and calming in cool stone and warm wood and brass accents. Uh, There's a little bit more here, but I will skip ahead. Now, we cut to the other group. Mm -hmm. Teardus, first day of mid-year, third era, 415. Screaming. Someone down the hall is screaming. The sound pierces easily through the paper-thin wooden walls of the surly Girl Scout Inn and startles you awake in your lumpy, uncomfortable beds. Sleep was elusive last night. Even your own modest beds in the Fighters Guild barracks were better than these. The pillows smelled musty, the floor creaked, the window rattled in its pain every time the wind howled through the cracks. Even getting past all of that, the thuds and giggles and grunts of a night of revelry in the next room over disturbed you well into the small hours. And now, as the divines only know what hour, someone is screaming. It abates after a few moments, evidently a nightmare shocking someone to consciousness rather than a bloody murder. The damage is done, however. And the glow of dawn's light as you has already begun to brighten the horizon, and the sky has taken on the murky blue glow of the early hours. At this point, you might as well get up. Donning your clothes from the previous day, still slightly soiled and smelling of sweat from yesterday's travels down the gold road in the early days of Cyrodiil summer, 
You slowly drift down to the tavern on the base floor of the inn. The sour scents of sweat and old ale and urine permeate the air in cramped and dimly lit confines. Two patrons are still here from the previous night, sleeping off their drunkenness with their hands limply wrapped around a half-fault tankard, face flat against the dirty tabletop, drool and snore is their only contribution. No appetizing scents drift from this kitchen. There are metallic clanging sounds of iron pots and pans occasionally knocking against something, but it's unclear who or what is back there. After a moment, the innkeeper, a burly imperial man with dark hair and a beard that more looks more like Mott the Lumberjack from Solenshore if he fell on hard times for a few years and lost some teeth, emerges. He looks at you confused for a moment and demands of you, Hi! Very, very different taste and yep. flavor. But the same story, the same theme overall, the same genre. So remember that style can change literally scene to scene. Yep. That you can, from going from one moment to the next, it doesn't change the story, it doesn't change the genre, but it does t- change the flavor of that moment. And a lot of times you want to hold that style until your players have a feel for it and mm-hmm. bring it around a few times. Ravenloft does a good job of that in, in the way that they write their descriptions, mm-hmm. the way they talk about certain things. They don't give it a lot of high hopes. They don't, oh, no. they no. don't they don't they no, don't Ravenloft a lot of is where hope glory. goes to die. <laughs> there is there is there are descriptors that are put in a certain direction and a certain taste so that you you have that palpability of what you're dealing with when you look at that and when you think about that world. When you think of 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 uh Vampire the Masquerade mm-hmm. and you think in general a lot of people have different views, but if I say dark ages, there's a certain feel that certainly hits mm-hmm. you get despair loss dirty uh, a lot of muddy roads and rain mm-hmm. you know the smell of 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 incense permeating everything the it, grim shadow of a looming castle set against a dreary sky lightning showing the yeah the, the gargoyles that are up that maybe are real or maybe just stone the shadows shifting in the torchlight in just such a way the creaking of the lanterns on chains hung out in front of a carriage that is slowly making its way down a ridiculously muddy and stoned road Mm -hmm. like these are the flavors that make that world feel harsh (laughs) who's he must be a ventru why he hasn't got shit all over him (laughs) exactly exactly so yeah it's it's very much that that you need that you add to your story. Now these aren't mandatory. If you're new at this and that kind of stuff is hard, mm-hmm. then don't worry about it. Yeah. But if you if you want to take that extra step, think about that flavor and hold that. Give yourself a, a very simple line about style. You know, get that image in your mind of something. You use something else as a trigger. If you need those kind of things to remind you about like the dark age dirtiness and such mm-hmm. like that, write that down and put it in front of you. Like stick it right on your you yeah. know, your board or whatever to help remind you that it's there. No- yeah. Knox says Gotham City versus Metropolis. That's a perfect example. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Gotham City. I mean, they're they're both big cities. Yeah. They both have heroes. Yeah. Gotham City is a far different place than Metropolis. Yeah. 
Um, or Metroplex. You are absolutely correct about that. Um, now, keep in mind too that like – so unlike theme – which is kind of like baked into everything that goes on in your story, your style can change moment to moment. Yeah. Like really the, the big question about style is going to be what what emotion am I trying to evoke here? Correct. Um, you know, I, I would say in, this, in the thing that I just read, for the first, you know, two people, I wanted to make them feel uplifted and refreshed. Almost home. Almost home. Yeah. yeah like, ah, this is how things should be. And I really wanted to drive home with the other players that they picked a real shit slum hole in the wall for a uh, for a night stay. So I just I closed in the walls and I I ramped up the shadows and yep added whatever malodorous other details I could I could think to throw in there and yeah and and your players will respond to that because I like I just I read that whole intro and I could actually watch. Like you and mm-hmm. Steve both started like craning your necks, yep. like you were it trying was to work comfortable, like work kinks out of a out of your imagined bad night's sleep. Exactly, you know, and you just started squirming in your chairs. And I'm like, oh, I got him. Yeah, it was <laughs> you know? perfect. It was. It felt fun. Yeah, it gave us a flavor, and that's a lot of times what players want. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're doing a a dungeon crawl, you can add flavor to it. You can make it seem hopeful and glorious and mm-hmm. and righteous or you can make every step feel like you're walking through the muck and and hell and and every edge is is challenging and every corner is sharp you know, you know? i I've, I've said it before and i will i will continue to say it again for as much of an absolute rubbish human being as hp lovecraft was yeah um and a terrible he, writer <laughs> not really though Oh, okay. Look, you and I will fight about this off the air later, but yeah. uh, fight me. We will. Oh, it'll come to fisticuffs. I'm, I'm going to literally give you a page of Lovecraft, and I'm going to make you read it, and I'm going to ask you how many times you stumble looking at the sentence structure. All right, that's, he's a terrible writer. It doesn't mean he's not creative grammatically. <laughs> All right, I may I may concede that point to you. I'm not going to die. On his that world, hell. his world is unique. Yes, and wonderful in the story complex. In the stories are complex. What I'm getting at though yes. is that Lovecraft had this amazing way of making the most mundane things feel horrible and oppressive and frightening. Yes, and like describing like the. Uh, the 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 you know uh God I'm, I'm trying to like do this off the top of my head and I can't it's I, hard isn't it's, it it's, it's a little hard to do but like you know the the terrible trees looming with the you know uh, with the Tartarian shadows cast upon the exactly. the endless winding you know lane and I mean every descriptor word was just like my God man what does your world look like it's indescribable. It's indescribable. It indescribable looks, horror. It, it looks indescribable. Yeah. And 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 I will say bad writer and bad English are different. Yeah, they are different. He was bad at both. <laughs> he was bad at both. But it does it does not mean that what he was evoking wasn't beautif- wasn't beautiful in yeah. how he was evoking it. And he did create a genre which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand it because you can't. Yeah. That's the point of it. Is that it is I mean, I will say this. There are times when I look at certain cartoons and I definitely see where they've gone that direction mm-hmm. where you're like, this is horrific. You you can't imagine the horror that's going on here. Like, what are they trying to show? Like, 
What is that thing? And the answer is nobody knows. Nobody knows, and that's why you're it's not. Scary. Supp- it's supposed to be not understandable. Um. So, yeah, I would say that you you if you find that your your story seems to be maybe losing steam, mm-hmm. maybe it's feeling drudgery. That, that you know you're you 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 want to tell this next section of the story, but like. You don't – there's no fun way to like talk about how they have to re- go recover this chalice. Grab a style. Yeah. What, what Throw do you, some style in What it. does the chalice represent? Right. What What emotion, what um, – you know, what what part of the human spirit are we talking about that this, right. that this chalice represents? What uh, – you know, is this is this chalice going to restore everything? Is everybody's hopes and dreams poured into this chalice, or is this a uh, a we have to get the bad thing away from the bad guy so bad things don't happen? Emergency scramble! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Well, and and for you know, me, it's more like I would say they're going to go get this chalice. You you know they're going to this keep. The keep is going to be full of skeletons, and eventually they're going to have to fight the necromancer and find out who the true villain is behind everything. Why not make it raining? Mm-hmm. Hard, cold, nasty rain. I'm not talking like make weather effects that you know challenge the players. Whatever. Sure. You know you don't have to keep those numbers up, but describe it. Mm-hmm. Give it texture. Make make the rocks slick and each footfall challenging. And that when they get to the door, like it's raining so hard that they're literally holding their shields up just so that they can get a hold of something and open the door to get inside and once there's relief inside but god is it musty and nasty and there's leaks everywhere their cloaks soaked through with, yeah. the, with the with the frigid rain yeah. chilling them to the bone so now they and you know clinging to them in uncomfortable and sticky like, do they make a fire just for themselves you know right. kind of a thing but again it doesn't have to affect physically in the game you mm-hmm. don't have to push that limit the yeah, heroes are heroes they're going to find ways around you, you don't have to push the, the the weather effects on them you yeah. can you can make a journey challenging by weather effects but that's not where we're getting at we're getting at at the flavor give it some animated life mm-hmm. you know of its own so that when your players are walking into that style they feel it they know how hard this fight is going to be. You want them when they step into that room and they see those skeletons and you're like, you know, uh, as you step – as you enter the the crypt, you can already smell it. Uh, the, the, deep, the deep scent of almond and a powder of bone in the air. Mm-hmm. The dust is not even settled as the coffins slowly open. As your hands reach for your weapons, they creak and ache from the cold outside, making it even more challenging to grip them and pull them from their scabbards. And if you're the storyteller telling the scene right now, look at your at your players, and I guarantee at least one of them at the table is like flexing their hands or yeah. like – squirming a little bit or like wrinkling their nose as you're describing the awful scent of dust and must and yeah. and rot or or wiping like my favorite is snow uh-huh. cuz snow can feel so different depending on if it's dry or wet and if you're from Michigan like we are the idea of wet <laughs> snow feels so different knox says true just flex see yep see <laughs> but like if i talk about snow here and i say you, your foot, the your footfalls slosh as Ugh. as you walk down the road, oh, making small puddles as you walk away. You know exactly the feeling running through your body, oh, I hate that. and 
that that is a horrific feeling. My wife hates that feeling. She wishes we didn't live in Michigan for that. But if you're someone who lives in like high desert mm-hmm. where the snow is fluffy and white and it's kind of warm out because it's dry, mm-hmm. the sun warms you while you're while you're snowboarding. Like you wear less clothes. It's weird because yeah. it doesn't bite at you. It's it's vibrant. It's light. The the snow lightly drifts off the trees as you walk by. The powder fluffs around your feet as your snow as your foot makes footfalls as you walk your way down the mountain past small mounds that could be rocks or maybe large drifts. You catch bunnies hopping through, making individual prints as they go. I mean, these is it a joyous and sparkles yeah, in the like, daylight and exactly. Yeah. And you get a totally different feel. You feel joyous about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of style you want to progress through and you want to help your players get the visual more and more Mm -hmm. so all kind of fun things that we uh we want to 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 kind of explore a little bit more and so our next couple episodes we're going to explore different styles different flavors and flavors and we're going to talk about storytelling in those styles and how Mm -hmm. it can change things and experiences that we've had both in games and in life where we've seen style changes and how those kind of did things to help add some flavor to our games you know and and explore those feelings a bit more one thing i will i will add into this discussion since we still have a few minutes left here is that this is a great place to employ background music very much so um like, opening music is a great thing too. Opening music is a great thing too. Like the the uh, uh, the music I had playing in the background as I was describing the uh, the, the mm. happy sunshine, good morning, it was beautiful smell of eggs and bacon in the air. Uh, I think was actually Vivaldi's spring. Mm-hmm. I recognize it. Yeah, <laughs> it was beautiful. Dun 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 dun. joyous and light yeah. and, and 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 then upbringing. I changed it some like I don't know uh, some oppressive it was thing dark from a game soundtrack. You went to Dark Souls, I think. I don't think it was Dark Souls, but it but it was something like it uh, felt like <laughs> it was like one of the creepy themes off of the Elder Scrolls Online. It was uh, terrible soundtrack or something like that. Yeah. Like the the name of the track was the House of Troubles. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so if you've got thoughts on styles and and or questions about theme, present those to us for next week. We'd love to hear <clears throat> what kind of styles you've played with. Uh, do you? Do things for certain times of year like maybe you're starting a campaign in the fall and so you stylize it in fall themes or, or Halloween or Thanksgiving kind of flavors. You yeah. know, do you if you have a campaign that's running through the through Christmas, do you do some kind of a Christmas thing, you know, during that time? So talk about what things that you've done, things you've wanted to do and bring us questions of of what challenges you might run into on that. I know uh, in one of my stories, I did a uh, a little bit of a Santa kind of thing into it and snuck it into the story. <laughs> um, and then I've also done other parts where I've done very fall themed things that weren't necessarily recognized as such, but it worked out that way. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get some questions about going on about these, and we'll uh, we'll definitely have something special for next week. We're going to do something a little different for the fun of it, and I think it'll be a good kickoff to us talking about styles. Yeah, I'm so super looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah, I think you guys will have fun with that. Um, but uh, one of the things that came up uh, outside of all this is someone asked me uh, that we weren't talking about our Patreon enough, 
and I kind of wanted to bring it back up uh, so that people – so if you go to patreon.com and do a search for Storyteller Conclave, uh, we will definitely come up. Um, I'm going to see if I can also make sure we get it back uh, pinned up on our uh, Twitter because I don't know if it's still there or not. Um, but uh, someone was looking for it the other day and asked me, like, why aren't you talking about it more on your show? And I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. well, because both Sarah and I are not people who tend to you know, beg for money. Yeah, yeah, that's basically we, we, it. we don't want to do that. But realistically, if we could keep doing this, we will. And we'd love support and we'd love the support that our Patreon people have given us so far. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, it's been super, super helpful. Um, it definitely makes this a lot easier for us to do. Um, and we'd love to have more people join us. Uh, so if you, uh, so kind of throughout this season, I'd like to try and get some of our listeners to do a little campaigning with us and see if we can raise our listener base uh, and maybe get a few more people in, find some other flavors and discussions. We've had some great discussions with people um, over the last uh, several months, and it's been wonderful. We've oh, we've, we've had amazing discussions. On but there. I know amazing we can we can there. we can expand out on this. We can get some yeah. more people involved, and we'd love to do that. And I know we've had some recent listeners that have just joined. We, that we're very thankful that you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to welcome to our all of our new listeners. It's really glad seeing new blood in the Discord. Don't feel that you you can't share anything. Even people who've never story told before, who who are thinking about, it, or people who have characters where they want to talk about histories, bring it up. Talk about it. If we if we eventually need to add a channel for character stories, why yeah, not absolutely. throw it in there? I mean, um, even uh, uh, hype hype man Knox right yep, no, right yep. now. I mean, he, he's never story told before. Uh, he's, he's been, he's, he's been in my aberrant game yeah. and my boyfriend's D and D game. And that's, that's his entire role-playing retinue, but you know, he's a huge supporter of the show. Yeah. And um, I think and it's great. We totally love it, Knox. Absolutely. Uh, and your stuff that you bring up is fantastic. Absolutely. You do not need to be in the old boys club here to, 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 to get in on this, but not by all means, our, the very first thing we say in our show is if you're a new storyteller learning the craft, yeah, this show is for you, yeah. you know? And so. and we've we've been a long time away from new. Yeah. Like I'm coming back and I still feel a little new and I have to reevaluate some of the stuff that I'm even doing in my stories now because i I'm finding that I'm writing back into my old ways and mm-hmm. I have to adjust. Every every so. single show we do too, I learn something new. You know? Yeah. I learned all sorts of stuff writing the notes for this show. Yeah. And so. we love sharing that with you. We love this discovery. I mean, it's the reason why we're doing the show is because Sarah and I talk about storytelling constantly, we, whether you, we want we, to yeah, or not. It just comes <laughs> up, and we want to share that with everybody. We want to share that that feeling mm-hmm. of that you're here. And I love when people tell me, like, I just feel like I'm sitting in the room listening to you guys, like, and and I can hear myself saying, you know, sometimes out loud, "Oh yeah, I, I remember that," or "Yeah, yeah, I can do that," or "Oh, I should look that up," you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So right on. All right. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Do you want to do you want to wrap up just a minute early? You, uh, yeah, let's let's close this up. Give everybody their evening a little bit more. So think about your questions and uh, uh, get us rolling and we'll uh, we'll have some fun with it. So but look forward to next week. I think we're really going to enjoy it. All right. You can find us up on Twitter at ST underscore cl- uh, uh, ST underscore conclave dot uh, and uh, up on Instagram at ST underscore conclave. Uh, you can find our uh, the link to our Discord, like we said, in the uh, the description for every single one of our episodes uh, in uh, your favorite podcast listening device, or you can find it as the pinned tweet on our Twitter feed. And we'd like to thank our, our Patreon members, Knox especially. Thank you so much. It was a really great show, and hopefully the next week's show you'll find interesting as well. Uh, our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by... 
Gee Frog. You can find them at uh, geefrogmusic.webly.com. Our outro music is Only Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. Uh, you can find them on soundcloud.com, Midair Machine, uh, or freemusicarchive.org. We record here at Podcast Detroit. We love them and they do a fantastic job. You can find them at podcastdetroit.com, on Twitter at Podcast Detroit. Our engineer today is Kate because she's back with us. Welcome we... back, Kate. And your dress is beautiful. It is. And uh, we'd like to give a big shout out to our families as usual, Vicky and Sean, all of our friends who've sat with us at our tables over the years, and you, all of our listeners. We love you. Thank you. Good night. Good night, everybody.